Thanks for listening to the Best of the Doug Gottlieb Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday from 3 to 6 p.m. Eastern Time. That's 12 to 3 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Doug Gottlieb Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. This is the best of the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Boom! What up, America? Doug Gottlieb Show. Fox Sports Radio. And we're brought to you by Bet Rivers, the latest lines from World of Sports at Bet Rivers Sportsbook. Bet Rivers has, is the trusted name in online sports betting. Got to be 21, present in Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, and Pennsylvania to play. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Uh, Andrew Wiggins is not only an all-star, but an all-star starter. Give you my thoughts. John Middlecoff this hour. We'll get to all of the coaching moves and we'll break down these two games. Plus, Jerry Jones says, never did I ever waver on Mike McCarthy as our head coach. Do we believe him? Uh, Brandon Whedon, former Cowboys and Browns and Texans quarterback, will join us. You'll hear from Colin Cowherd as well as Dan Patrick. And wait to hear who the Raiders may hire as their next head coach. And Andrew Brandt will join us. We'll ask him about uh, the Packers and whether or not they need a rebuild or how hard it is to adjust their cap situation. Whew, we got a lot to get to. Let's start with uh, one of the two games of the weekend. I think it's the premier game of the weekend. You have the Niners taking on the Rams. The Niners, of course, have beaten the Rams six consecutive times. Lots of lots of different storylines. Kyle Shanahan's ownership of Sean McVay. Jimmy Garoppolo and the potential that this is his last start, his last game with the San Francisco 49ers. You also, of course, have the pressure on Matt Matthew Stafford. You have the pressure on the Rams fans to show up because, oh my God, it was crazy. But uh, let's start with Kyle Shanahan. He said this about Jimmy Garoppolo. They probably feel a need to stick up for him, you know, so social media probably hasn't been that great. So I'm glad they're sticking up for him because what they say is the truth. I mean, Jimmy is one of the main reasons we're here. He's done an unbelievable job. People don't give him enough credit. Um, yeah, we win as a team, and that's why he doesn't always have the same stats as some of these MVP candidates have and stuff. But Jimmy's a very good quarterback, and he doesn't worry about any of that stuff. He doesn't worry about social media. That's why he's a little similar to me. He probably doesn't have as much of an idea as that stuff, and he never really changes. And I think that's what people respect the most about him all right so like look he's steady eddie he doesn't he's not a social media guy he uses a flip phone um he whittles everything out of wood right he's just doesn't even use deodorant he's just all natural that's that that's who he is he's got a certain mcconaughey do you guys know that mcconaughey is supposedly not a deodorant guy i i don't i get the whole pheromones thing but you know give me some give me some deodorant and and actually give me some antiperspirant too Right? You ever gotten that where you get the de- somebody gives you a deodorant? You're like, that smells good. And you put it on. You're like, that doesn't work at all. Like, yeah, because it doesn't have antiperspirant in it. Well, I didn't want you to have the aluminum. I, I want all whatever aluminum it is. I want my pits to stop stinking and smelling and sweating if possible. That is an aside. That supposedly is the is the McConaughey thing. Get him late in the day and woo. Woo. Anyway. Uh, here's George Kittle, who also came to his quarterback's defense. He's been incredible. Been nothing but inviting. I think him and Trey are really good friends. I think he's taught him a lot of things. I hope Trey has been like a sponge and absorbed all the information he could from Jimmy. Strictly because, like I said earlier, I mean, Jimmy came from a room with Tom Brady. I think he brought a lot of those attributes that Tom brought and from leadership to uh, just his work ethic. He's been fantastic every single day this year, you know. As a leader, as a quarterback, as a captain on this team. Shows up, he's consistent every single day. He leads this team. He doesn't worry about the outside world. All he does is worry about... Uh, 
uh, you know, his job is playing uh, quarterback for the San Francisco 49ers. And when you're the starting quarterback for the San Francisco 49ers, you kind of have a spotlight on you just based on the players that have played the position before you. And there's a lot of people that always try to consistently bring you out of that spotlight. And all Jimmy has done is stand firm and continue to throw darts left and right to all of us. So I just appreciate that from him. So, so look, a lot of this is the pushback from Mina Kimes. And um, look, she's, she's not the only, uh, I would guess, person who's covering the NFL, who's offered opinions, stepped out of the quote-unquote reporter's role. Um, I think some of what's happened is not her fault. It's the fault of her bosses. Some of it is the reality of how people in the NFL really feel football people feel it's not that she hasn't played football in the NFL. She hasn't actually played football and there's just, it's different when you've played a sport. It's fine. doesn't mean you have to have played a sport at a high level in order to have a high level of understanding of things. And by the way, a layman can look and go, well, you can tell me that Jimmy Garoppolo is your dude, but you, you've moved mountains to go and draft another dude. And he's clearly going to be the next guy. So I, I think the truth is, and one of the reasons that I sit in the middle of so many of these debates, and even though my opinions get pulled to one side or the other, is that's where generally the truth lies. Jimmy Garoppolo is not a terrible quarterback. His team would not continue to win if he wasn't one mobile, didn't have an understanding of where the ball was supposed to go, and he couldn't make most of the throws. Is he a superstar quarterback? No, I don't think anybody would respond in that way. And the fact is that there's a reason that he threw the ball eight times a couple years ago when they're in the NFC Championship game. One, they had a lead. They were mashing him. But two, Jimmy has a tendency to make a, mis- make a mistake or two. And if you can eliminate the possibilities of mistakes, you're going to give yourself a much greater chance to win. That, that's sports 101, let alone football 101. The, the truth does lie somewhere in the middle. It's like... The truth of, does Sean McVay, is Sean McVay owned by Shanahan? Is Shanahan in his head? Actually, McVay was asked such a question. Take a listen to his response. Knowing Kyle Shanahan so well, and with the success that the 49ers have been able to have against you, is Kyle in your head at all, you know, in terms of trying to get past these guys? No. Um, what I what I do have is respect for these guys. They've done a great job. You know, you look at it, you got to play well in that three-and-a-half-hour window that we're allotted. You look at the last time that we played him, didn't finish the game, but but this is a really good football team. We have a lot of respect for him, but, um, you know, we're competing and, and preparing to the best of our ability to go out and, and see if we can advance. But this is a really good team. Kyle's an excellent coach. They got great players, great coaches, good schemes. And so it's why they're in the NFC Championship. Here's uh, Kyle Shanahan, same day, yesterday, asked basically about that, that exchange with a local reporter in San Francisco. Yesterday, Sean McVay was asked if you're in his head and not going to ask you the clunky question, but do you sort of enjoy that he has to answer that question right now? Not really. I think that's, I mean, I think it's kind of silly. I mean, I think a question like that is just giving Sean and myself way too much credit. We're coaches. Watch what's going on on that field and some of the players out there and the people that are competing and uh, think that it's about Sean and I. I know he doesn't feel that way and he knows I don't feel that way. So, you know, the entertainment of this business is cool and stuff because it brings a lot of fans and um, brings a lot of money for everybody. But I I think that's kind of pretty ridiculous. I don't give coaches that much credit. Right. That's uh, that's that's Kyle Shanahan. Again, the the truth is somewhere in the middle, right? Is it all the players? No. Is it some of their schemes and how they match up? Sure. And some of the knowledge of it? Yes. 
but a play here, a play there, the health of a team. The fact is that the Rams didn't have to win that game. You know, I don't think they went into a victory lap, but they did start to play careless, much the way they played careless in Tampa this past weekend. And some of it is that over the last six games, what's the biggest flaw been in the Rams? Ask any Rams fan. They'll tell you their offensive line since they went to a Super Bowl has been a problem. What's the strength of the San Francisco 49ers? Their defensive front. Right? It is. Their defensive front. And while they have a, a prodigious pass rush, again, the, the weakness is the ability to consistently kind of stop the run, especially at the edges, which is where Debo Samuel runs the football, right? And stopping George Kittle, like that's not a guy who their defense is, their defense is designed a little bit differently, right? Jalen Ramsey, take away your best player. You know, get a lead, run the football, short the game, pressure the quarterback. And they struggle with that going against the going against the the, the Niners. Like the, the reason that I don't have to leave the center is one that's where I truly believe my my beliefs lie on kind of both sides of the aisle, both sides of the argument. But I, it's also where the truth generally lies. McVay isn't owned by Shanahan, but Shanahan's scheme and style and the build of that team really gives the Rams fits. Really gives the Rams fits. Jimmy Garoppolo is not a terrible quarterback. He is a winning quarterback. He does understand the offense. He can put the ball in some tight windows. He can make some great throws. But let's not sit here and put him in the Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, Pat Mahomes, Josh Allen, carry a team. That ain't him. And he is prone to the big mistake. And the best way to cut down on those mistakes is to have him hand the football off. The Niners watched the tape just like we did of the Super Bowl, and they didn't think he's good enough. That's why they made the play, you know, that's why they made a play to go get Trey Lance. So they can all get lined up and tell you how great Jimmy Garoppolo is, but if he's really that great, they wouldn't have a quarterback waiting in the wings to take over next year, would they? Can I ask you guys a question? Jason, Dan Beyer. Yo. Would we have Antonio Brown on if he uh, if he was was available? I know Dan's answering, but go ahead. <laughs> I would say no. I would say no. Uh, Jason, you're the uh, the producer of the show. What do you think? What would you encourage? Like again, and and for people who understand how it works, okay. So let's say Antonio Brown's people reach out to whether it would be you or um, potentially Lee Mayock, who books the show as well. Okay, so one of you two, and I get a, I, I get a text, hey, Antonio Brown's, Antonio Brown's available, do you want him, right? That'd be, that would be, you'd get an email, you'd get a call, you'd get a text, and it would be thrown out to me. Buyer would say, pass, right? Buyer, is that, that what you think? Yes. Okay. Jason, if you got that text... Would you filter it up the line to me, or would you just go like, "eh, we're good"? What would you? What, what do you think? No, no, no. That that uh, I think th- that would be escalated to a level of you and I would have a conversation about it. And I think that where I would come out on this would be, uh, it's a name, it's relevant. No matter how sick some people are of it, he still moves the needle for whatever reason. And I have faith in you as a uh, 
as someone who does an interview who might get him to say something that he hasn't said yet. And maybe you might call him, you you might, you know, call him to task on a lot of stuff he's been saying. So I think it would make for good radio, even though he has been kind of tired. Yes. Okay. All of that. Yes. Yes. All of that. Um, Okay, so so here here would be my response because this is last night I saw that uh, Nate Burleson, of course, is hosting CBS this morning, and they they're doing these like fluff, going around doing kind of fluff interviews. I don't think Real Sports was a fluff interview, but there's so much stuff that he wasn't pushed back on that I just don't understand why he wasn't pushed back on, right? So my response would be really simple. I'm gonna do it, but I'm not I'm I'm not gonna do it with that with restrictions on what I can ask him. That's it. If we're if if there are no restrictions on what I can ask him, we'll do the interview. But if the restrictions on it, then I won't do the interview. And I feel, well, you can't ask him about you can't ask him about uh, the the lawsuit in Miami. You can't ask him about the chef. You can't ask him about the Vax card. Be like, mm, pass. But as long as I can ask him about everything, I would do the interview. Yep, that's the call. Byron, would you would would you be okay with that? Can you run that back again, Doug? Sorry, I know you're working. I know you're doing two. For people to understand, Dan does a lot of different things, not not pertaining to this show, which he needs to do for work. So I I apologize in advance. So if I were to if I were to say, hey, look, as long as he, there's no, you can't ask about X, Y, or Z. I would do the interview. If you were given those. You as long as I'm giving no parameters, no okay, yeah. limitations oh, yeah. to it, okay. Then would you be okay with me? I, doing I, w- I would be. I, I would be more apt to it. I would also be more apt to it if it was an exclusive and not just you know a car wash of him going to different places trying to get out his word, you know, his piece. Fair enough. Do you think that's what he's doing the car wash, or do you think he's doing one by well, one going through things? Well, I've seen now he's you know he's been on Real Sports was on you know CBS this morning. Um, I'm sure he's going to be somewhere else. Uh, you know, talking his talk. I just oh look, I'm tired I, of it too. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. Like, I'm I'm just I'm like you. I'm just as exhausted of it. But I'm I'm I think I'm also exhausted of the fact that we're not calling him all, on all his BS. I mean, and and. If, if he wants to push back on the mental health thing, I'm okay with that. But just understand, people are giving you the mental health thing as an offer, as an excuse, as an explanation for why your behavior is so reprehensible. Like, he's pushing back. How dare you say that I need mental health help? Like, okay, well, if you're not crazy, then you're just an a-hole. That's really what it is, right? I don't care what they said to you. I don't care. I've never seen, nor will I ever see a player take off his clothes on the sideline and wave goodbye to his team while they're playing a game that they're trailing in. I don't care. Nobody cares. Everybody in real sports, in real America is like, hey, dude, I don't care. What you can't do is what you did. What you can't do is what you did to the Pittsburgh Steelers. This is not the first time. This guy's an a-hole. If he's not crazy, which he's not, he's just an a-hole. What kind of guy does that? The same kind of guy who stiffs a chef. 
What kind of guy does that? The same kind of guy who throws furniture off his balcony, nearly hitting the kid down by a pool. What kind of guy does that? The same guy who in week 17 of a 17-week NFL season with the Pittsburgh Steelers, no shows at practice and then has his agents like, well, let's show up for the game. No, he's the worst. And, and I would feel bad putting a microphone in front of his face like you would, Dan, because, again, you just help him. But I would call his bull crap. Right? Remember, he argued about the helmet. He burned his feet. There's always something. And then when he leaves, he burns the place down. Pittsburgh, he burned it down. Oakland, he burned it down. Right? When he, leave, when he left uh, the, the Patriots, he, he tweeted out stuff about the owner. Right? And then when the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are eliminated from the playoffs, he posts on Instagram the picture and then, you know, somebody photoshopped about them being eliminated from the playoffs. Like, dude, you're the worst. If you're not crazy, you're just an a-hole. That's it. The Baltimore Ravens want nothing to do with you. And it has nothing to do with your talent. And of course that makes you upset. Anybody who ever feels like my personality has alienated me from, from a job that I love. Look, bro, is that me? I've rubbed people the wrong way. I just haven't, I just haven't burned down every stinking bridge I've ever crossed like you have. But this is what we do. We like, we, we chase these like, well, you know, this podcast he did got some hundred thousand doubt. Like, okay. At some point somebody has to go, you know, we're good. Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern noon Pacific on Fox sports radio and the iHeartRadio radio app. Doug Gottlieb show Fox sports radio. Andrew Brandt in a second. First, let's get to the picks. I want winners. Well, we got them. <laughs> five NFL, five college. Five on three. One, two, three. Five. It's five for five with Doug Gottlieb. Let's go, five. Doug Gottlieb show, Fox Sports Radio. All right, I got uh, I got to get five. I've, I've challenged myself to get five picks. Okay, that's what I've done. I've challenged myself to get five picks. So what I've done is I've combined... A little college basketball, SEC Big 12 Challenge. I have combined that with some football picks. That makes sense? Good. Most of it is football picks. Let's uh, let's start with the, the two championship games. Right? You got Championship Sunday. It should be amazing. The Bengals are taking on the Chiefs. Uh, the Bengals are a seven-point dog in Kansas City. The Bengals, of course, beat the Chiefs earlier this season. The over-under is 54 and a half. Um, That's a lot of points, right? It's moved up some. So remember, if it's 34-20 Chiefs, that means they win, they don't cover. They they don't cover. Now, I don't think uh, Kansas City's defense is great. Um... But I do think that they can pressure the passer. And I do think that Joe Burrow 
is behind an offensive line that needs to be better. I also think they throw it a ton. And I look at the Chiefs and I'm like, as explosive as they are, there have been games where they've messed around. I still love the Chiefs. I like the Chiefs by a lot. I like the Chiefs to win and cover. Now, as far as the over-under, I've been thinking over all week. And now I'm getting a little now I'm getting a little nervous, right? Now I'm like, man, I don't know. But the last time these two teams played the competed the complete uh uh they would have hit the over. Last week would have hit the over. I think it's a high scoring ball game. Chiefs win and they hit the over. Niners taking on the Rams. I like the Rams to win, but I like the Niners to cover. I think this is a very close football game. And the best way to hedge the lack of true faith in the Rams is to take the Niners and the points. Um, I also think it's going to be a lower scoring affair. I think both teams want to run the football, establish the run, and and stay away from the big play, the big mistake defensively. They're just wired differently than those other teams. So I like the Niners and the points and the under. And the under. Got it? You got those? So, okay, those are the four picks. Now, you got to work your way to college hoops. So the college basketball lines... Some of them are fluctuating because of health of players. So I'm only going to go with this current moment. Okay, this current moment, which is all of the matchups which are going to take place tomorrow in uh, in college hoops. And some of those lines, yeah, obviously aren't totally set yet. But the ones that are the interesting ones, you know, you got Duke Louisville. That one's still kind of in flux. Um, it feels like Ty Ty Washington won't play for Kentucky. That would lead me to want to take. That would lead me to want to take Kansas in that. Uh, so I'm going to take Kansas, and I'm going to take the other four picks. Those are my football picks and the one basketball pick for the day. Let's get five to on three. One, two, three. There it is. Five NFL. Let's go five. Five college. Five for five with Doug Gottlieb. Uh, Andrew, let, let's let's start in Green Bay okay, with the Packers. Aaron Rodgers said, I want to be part of a rebuild. Everybody, people point out, well, they're $40 million over the cap. That, that seems as simple as, look, they, they, Devontae would want a new deal. You redo Aaron's deal, and you redo uh, Bakhtiari's deal. Is enough, is enough cap space created with the cap spicing, uh, spiking and some changes made? Is, is that essentially what they need to do? I think so, Doug. First of all, I'm still a fan. I was so disappointed. I didn't expect it. There are only so many times in a career that athletes and front office people know this, where you feel like you had the team. You know, you had the team to win it all. I thought special player quarterback, special player receiver, home field advantage, bye week, sub-zero temperatures, team from California, shaky quarterback on the other side i just still can't believe it you know as a fan and as a fan of football having said that we move to the future and i know we'll talk about the quarterback i'm not a big believer having done it for 10 years in putting out spins about salary cap the bottom line is it can be worked out i managed that cap for 10 years the packers are a well-managed cap team and they know they're not coming to us in January and saying, oh, by the way, we're 40. They've known this for months, and they've had a plan for months on how to deal with it. There's a lot of fat on the roster. Randall Cobb, second year, some of this other stuff. 
And if Aaron is still there, like you said, they'll take the $25 million salary, they'll turn it into bonus, they'll take the cap down from 25 to whatever, three or four, and they'll move through it pretty quickly. So I don't give a lot of credence to the Packers or any team that says they can't do something because of the cap. Well, but he he's, make, he's the one who's saying, okay. you know, I don't want to be a part of a rebuild. Do you see that roster as one that will have to be rebuilt? No. I see the only rebuilt part of the roster is going to be quarterback if he's not there. I mean, that's a team that made it to the championship game three years in a row. So no one's leaving except potentially Adams, and they'll figure that out if Aaron's there. So I I don't see that as part of the equation. I think if Aaron leaves, it's not going to be because he sees this team being 4-11, and 4-whatever next year. Right, so it does it feels to me though that that means he wants he wants to leave, and now he's looking for excuses. I've said this since draft day twenty twenty that Aaron's going to move on in twenty twenty two, and the Packers are going to move on from Aaron. I've just felt it. I have no inside knowledge. I just felt like you make a commitment to Jordan Love. I think about that image in my mind, in everyone's mind. Draft day when they're home, it's the COVID draft, and Matt LaFleur and Brian Gutekunst have smiles on their faces. They just traded up for Jordan Love. And I don't think that was to sit him for three years. I think some people thought to sit him for one year, but I always thought two years. And and as you know, I'm sure you're talking about, all the dots connecting Aaron to the Broncos are falling into place. Who knows if it's going to happen? But that's just been my sense for a long time. Uh, okay, so what do you if you were going to execute that trade in your Green Bay? What do you get back in return? Well, they got pieces that team. I mean, that's what all lines up as well. As well, they have young ascending receivers, and they have a surplus. You know, they have Sutton, they have Judy, they have Patrick, they have Hamler, they have defensive players, they have Chubb, they have Sertain, and of course Picks. So. If I'm good against, I'd rather have some of the players I mentioned more than picks, but I would think picks would be involved as well. They picked up an extra two and a three for a declining linebacker named Von Miller with no time on left of, on his contract, which I thought was a very savvy trade. So they have ammunition to get him, and now they have the closest coach in the country to Aaron Rodgers on the pro level at the head coach. So, yes, there are a lot of dots connecting Aaron to Buffalo, to, to Denver right now. Doug Gottlieb show here on Fox Sports Radio. Th- that part to me is is really interesting. Like it's they're they're not trying to be sly about it. They're just hey, we're going to hire a guy who's good, but we know that Aaron loves him and we're going after Aaron, right? Like this is uh, has that I'm trying to think when that's been done before. Yeah, I don't I I think I saw on Twitter that he had a press conference today. I don't know if he was asked about Aaron, obviously like to hear what he says. Now, listen, let's go back. The Packers are saying we want Aaron back. I get it. And Aaron's being very reflective and having taken his time. But it's different, right, Doug? Last year, it was like we really want Aaron back. I mean, we're flying to L.A., our coach, our GM, our president. We're begging him. We're come on, you got to come back. Please, please, please. I don't think that's the sense here. And this is what happened 15 years ago. In earlier off-seasons, we would fly down to Mississippi, please, Brett, please, Brett, please, Brett, come back. And it got to a point in 08 where we're like, yeah, it's up to you. 
because <laughs> we knew we were ready to move on to Aaron. And of course we did. And then Brett came back and it was messy and all that. But I see a lot of deja vu here. Yeah, it is. It is a lot of deja vu. Now, part of it was, though, they knew they had Aaron. I don't feel like there's the same level of belief in Jordan at this point. It's hard to know that. I mean, listen, I know everyone's saying, well, he's never going to be Aaron Rodgers. But we didn't know Aaron Rodgers was going to be Aaron Rodgers. I know he had that one game against Dallas. And, yeah, he looked good. But who knows? The one thing we did see was the off seasons where Brett was in Mississippi. And I wonder how they saw Jordan forget about the Kansas City game in the offseason of 2021 while Aaron was in California. And that's a key time because that's where you sort of see how he can run a team with the star quarterback away for those four months. So I don't know if they feel like that, but we certainly didn't know about Aaron. We felt good about him. We didn't know. Doug Gottlieb show here on Fox Sports Radio. Um, okay, you're, you're in the prospects of hiring a coach, right? And there's all these different ways of doing it. But when these new general managers get a job, do they have complete say in who they're going to hire as a coach? I think so. I mean, I think in those situations we're seeing around the league where it's coach and general manager being fired and the GMs coming in first, like in Chicago and Minnesota and New York, um, it's interesting because that's GM first, right? The, the owner hires the GM and then he's hiring the coach. And part of the interview, I would think, is very much about, hey, who are you going to hire as coach and why? What do you like? Who are you looking for? That's all part of the interview. Uh, you know, it's interesting. I don't know exactly where teams come up with these names. I think I hate to be cynical. A lot of this is agents that keep pushing these names, pushing these names, pushing these names until they're out there in the population. And everyone say, well, they're interviewing them. He must be good. Um you know, we'll see. We'll see how these guys end up doing. We laughed at Nick Sirianni. He's the only one that made the playoffs from this past group. It, it is interesting. Like some of these young guys have gotten opportunities, and there have been people pointing out. The, but then we're looking in the NFC, and here's two young guys. Matter of fact, three young guys. If you look at at, at Cincinnati, another job that people are like, "You're hiring who?" And, right. and that one's worked out. It happened with Matt Lafleur. It's it ha- it happens all the time, and you know the, the the things people look for are very cliche, right? It's like oh, you know, leadership and offensive mind or defensive mind and savviness, and everyone he talks to, and he comes from a tree, whether it's Belichick or Andy Reid. You know, I just wonder if there's some missing piece that some owner or GM has found that we don't know about, because a lot of it seems pretty cliche. It, it really does. A- Andrew Brand. Andrew, just real quick, who do you like this weekend? Well, I certainly like the Chiefs. I know the Bengals are a great story, but they can't protect Burrow. I mean, they just can't. And the Chiefs don't have the greatest defense, but they're going to get Burrow, sat- Burrow killed. <laughs> Got to get better offensive linemen. The other one's really tough, Doug. I like, I just think if they can, even with Garoppolo, who's a wild card, if they can do what they did in sub-zero attempts at Lambeau, I think they can do it in L.A., so I guess Chiefs and Niners. Hmm. Uh, Andrew Brandt, check out his newsletter. Okay, It's the Sunday 7 newsletter. 
You can follow him, find him on Twitter at Andrew Brandt or all over social media. Of course, he hosts the Business of Sports podcast as well. Andrew, enjoy the weekend. Thanks so much for joining us. Likewise, Doug. Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. What up, Doug Gottlieb Show? Fox Sports Radio. You know what? I was going to talk about one thing, but I decided I want to talk about something else. Um, I, I truly, truly enjoy uh, the fact that uh, I have been around sports for this long and been hanging on for this long, right? That's really kind of what sometimes, sometimes jobs will make me feel like, man, I'm really lucky. I'll give you an example. Okay. So, um, what was it? Uh, Monday night, I flew into Chicago. I went and saw some friends at uh stadium, which is, I, I do work on their digital side. I called a game for them last night. And, um, so I, I, I was in the city of Chicago for like, two hours. Then I drove to Champaign-Urbana, did the show, called the game, uh, Michigan State versus Illinois. It was one became a one-point game, and Illinois ended up winning. Then I drove back, spent the night at the hotel, got up, flew here to Southern California, did the show, and then on Thursday, I, I flew up to, to uh, San Francisco, and my show is done at 3 o'clock on the West Coast. This is my West Coast listeners, you guys know. The game last night that I called, San Francisco versus St. Mary's, was at 7 o'clock. And in all candor, I kind of got lost. I was walking to my favorite coffee place, and I decided, you know, I just foot patrol it. It was 25, 30-minute walk. I ended up walking for like an hour and a half. But I'm, I'm looking out at the city of San Francisco. I'm like, man, this is so cool. Like, somebody paid for me to fly up here and to call a basketball game, and I get to do my radio show, and I got like three hours of silence to myself, drinking coffee, took some pictures, sent it to friends, went to the hate Ashbury district, Ashbury district, whatever it's called, you know, like the height of hippieville. It was kind of cool. Um, and, and I appreciate the discourse that people have, but I find it ridiculous to the level of embarrassing. Some people in our profession, what you'll hear from me, unlike others is you'll have people who have a microphone go, the media, the media, like, dude, you're in the media. You're in the media could be least loosely defined, but the people I'm talking about are in the media. And Nathaniel Hackett gets the job in Denver and somehow it's made into a racial thing because Eric Bieniemy did not get the job. And I found it very, very clever, very interesting that there's so many omissions in so much of this stuff. Okay. Now I've told you before, I've kind of gone to this before S- somehow, somehow Eric B has become like what Colin Kaepernick was. And now what Cam Newton is where anytime a job comes open, you're like, why don't they sign Cam Newton? Well, it's because Cam Newton sucks. He's not any good anymore. It's why he's been a free agent three times in the last two years. And his old coaching staff in Washington desperately needed a quarterback several times over. Never once have they gone like, you know what we should do? Cam Newton. You know why? Can't throw football. It's it. Has nothing to do with him personally. Nothing to do with anything else. He just can't throw football well enough anymore. 
But I, I haven't heard one person mention until now. Ryan Poles is the new general manager of the Chicago Bears. He came from the Kansas City Chiefs. Okay. And he named Matt Eberflus as his head coach. Your first job as GM, you got to get it right, man. You got to hire a, a dude. He was in Kansas City. And usually, guys who are in Kansas City bring somebody with them. Now, as I told you yesterday, Eberflus is a unique guy because working in Indy, your general manager in Indy used to be in Kansas City. There's a relationship there. And so when you get a job and you ha- might have in your mind, who do I want to hire for that job? You call people that you work with. You call people that you respect. And oh yeah, by the way, you have your own running list. So before you sit, before you go out and go like, hey, why didn't they hire Eric Bieniemy, who has no ties to the Denver Broncos outside of the fact that he played at Colorado, who did not offer him the job last year as head coach. A guy who worked in the same shop had to hire a coach, has a young quarterback, chose somebody else to be. That's what it's about. People who he has relationships with have decided to pass at this point. So don't make something racial when it's not. All anybody wants to do in sports is win. That's it. Who gives me the best chance of winning? Who gives me the best chance? And sometimes they misevaluate. Do I think it worked against the enemy that they had Matt Nagy, who was in a similar position in Kansas City before he got the Bears job? Sure. I think it's reasonable. But you get your first job as general manager. Hey, man, you're going to make your first hire, and you don't hire somebody who you worked directly or indirectly with for the past several years, for the past five years or so. I can't really help you. That's all you need to know. Sports is a business and business is about relationships and relationships are built based upon trust. And I don't know what it is about working with Eric Bieniemy. I know what it is in terms of his interviewing. I told you people like him. Just nobody knows exactly what he does, which is fine. You don't have to call plays to be it. Anyone who says like you have to call plays to be an NFL coach. No, you don't. Now, you have to hire other guys that do. You have to be a uniter. You have to be somebody who very, very, very meticulous and organized. But as I was told, it, when, when people say he's not a great interview, it's not because he's not a great guy. It's because you don't walk away going, you know, the second I hire him, here's what he's going to do. That's what they all say. And when and so instead of going after the Denver Broncos, who have made it incredibly clear, right? And by the way, the hiring an offensive guy after hiring a defensive guy, pretty obvious. Hackett is incredibly well regarded in the league. Aaron Rodgers swears by him, loves him. So best case scenario, they use it to leverage and get Aaron Rodgers to say, I want to go to Denver, make it happen, make that trade happen. Worst case scenario, you got a guy who Aaron Rodgers is like, look, he makes my life easier. He'll make whatever quarterback you choose his life for easier. So I don't, I don't know if Pat Mahomes gets on the phone to people like Aaron Rodgers did to Atlanta last year trying to get uh, Nathaniel Hackett the job. 
But I, I just, we have people in our in the media who their first response to anything is racism. And I can tell you without a shadow of a doubt that all anything anybody wants to do, white, black, mixed race, doesn't matter, is win. How do I win football games? Because when I win, everybody gets a better job or everybody gets a better contract and I get to get a bigger house. All that matters. All that matters.